0: Welcome to Talkin' Tales, where we share stories about our animal companions, their unique personalities, their zany antics, and the heartbreak of saying goodbye. I'm your host, Paul Barnett. Muppet's health was generally great over the years. He had one off day in 2014 where he seemed to not be feeling too well, but he recovered later that same day. Everything changed in 2023, however. In early 2023, Muppet had a mass in his mouth that the doctor linked to a tooth infection. We pulled the tooth and treated the infection with antibiotics. The growth disappeared. Later in the year, Muppet was scheduled for his annual exam. The doctor asked if I had any concerns, and only one thing came to mind, but I didn't think too much of it. I had noticed that Muppet wasn't barking much anymore. When Harry and Tessa started barking from a gust of wind or a pin drop, Muppet would stand with them, but he wouldn't bark with them. The doctor said that barking requires them to open their mouths wider, so he wanted to look in Muppet's mouth. The doctor found that a new growth had appeared in a different spot at the back of Muppet's mouth, not linked to a tooth. They also did a blood draw and were concerned that Muppet's white blood cell count was extremely high. For a healthy dog. It should be around 10,000. For a dog with an infection, it could be 30 to 40,000. Muppets was over 120,000. They didn't feel that another round of antibiotics would help, so they recommended that Muppets see a specialist and get a CT scan. I immediately took on the task of getting him scheduled for a CT scan. His regular vet didn't have the equipment, and the first few places I contacted either didn't have the equipment weren't doing scans on an outpatient basis, or their next available appointment was months out. Thankfully, I thought about the clinic I had worked with for cancer treatment for my ferrets Benson, Ace, and Kyra. They normally only saw dogs and cats, and the oncologist there had been so helpful. I called them, and they said they could do the CT scan on an outpatient basis within the week. I took Muppet to his appointment, and they performed the scan. The doctor, who I hadn't seen in several years, didn't know I was coming in, but saw my name on the paperwork for Muppet, and took on the case. She came out and talked to me, and explained what she saw on the scan. The mass was attached to the roof of Muppet's mouth at the intersection of the hard palate and soft palate. It was growing out to the right side of his head, and she could feel it on the right side of his face. She was fairly certain it was cancer but took a sample to send to the lab. Knowing me from helping my ferrets, she knew I would likely opt for the immunotherapy treatment, so while Muppet was under for the scan, she extracted a sample of the tumor, large enough for the treatment. Within days, the lab results were back, and it was indeed cancer. Fibrosarcoma. The doctor prescribed a chemotherapy capsule, an anti-cancer liquid medication, and a supplement that would help the chemotherapy drug work. I started Muppet on these immediately, while we waited for the immunotherapy vaccine to be produced. Muppet's appetite decreased in the ensuing weeks, but I did my best to make sure he continued to eat enough. Given that the back of his mouth was a source of pain with a growing tumor, I made him a hearty soup, which he lapped up with some enthusiasm. After several weeks, I grew concerned that Muppet was getting confused, or experiencing some other cognitive issue, perhaps as a side effect of the medications. He started bumping into things, and walked toward a wall, then stood there, as if unsure where he was or where to go next. The following day he seemed worse. He was now bumping into me. I did a quick test to see if he would follow my finger with his eyes, and he didn't. My guess was that Muppet was now blind, but I wasn't sure if it was from the tumor advancing, or a side effect of the chemotherapy, or something else entirely. I rushed him to urgent care, where they confirmed he was blind, but found nothing of concern on his tests. They did note that he had cataracts, but couldn't say for certain if they had advanced to the point of complete vision loss. His next appointment with his oncologist was just days away. At that appointment, the doctor explained that she found no actual damage to his eyes, but explained how the optic nerves were connected, and concluded that his blindness was caused by the tumor. If the tumor was simply pressing against the nerve, then once the chemotherapy took full effect and the tumor started shrinking, Muppet might get some vision back. If the tumor had wrapped itself around the nerve, He would likely never get any vision back. I was heartbroken, but I wasn't going to give up on Muppet, or let Muppet give up. He still had energy, so I still took him for walks with his brother and sister. I just kept his leash a bit shorter, and helped guide him through any difficult spots. He did well on those walks in the first week or so after he went blind. I wasn't prepared for what came next, though. On Sunday, October 29th, I got all three puppies ready for a walk. We headed out the door and got about halfway down the block before Muppet sat down and didn't want to, or couldn't, stand. He had been sleeping a lot, so I convinced myself he was just overly tired and hadn't woken up fully yet, and I shouldn't push him. So I carried him back home and tucked him in a blanket while I took Harry and Tessa for a walk. The following day, I noticed something slightly off about Muppet's breathing. He seemed to be breathing more rapidly than normal, though he wasn't panting. It seemed almost more labored than normal. It was sporadic, though, and at times his rate of breathing was consistent with that of his napping brother and sister. Later that day, though, I could tell Muppet was uncomfortable, his breathing was now consistently labored. As it was now closing time for his regular vet, I took Muppet to emergency care. Upon arrival, I saw more than 20 cars in the parking lot of this small 24-hour emergency clinic and was worried it could be a long time before Muppet was seen. When the technician came out to triage the case and took a quick look at Muppet, she said, I'm taking him back immediately. I don't like the way he's breathing. The staff put me in an exam room while they worked on Muppet in the back. They had some paperwork for me to fill out. When I sat down in the room, I quickly realized this was the exact same room I was in when I said goodbye to my kitten, R.C., in 2014. A short while later, a doctor came in to talk to me. She didn't pull any punches. She told me things were not looking good with Muppet, that he had multiple issues and the kindest thing might be to let him go. Not being one to agree without all the information, I asked a number of questions. My initial concern was that the breathing was related to his heart, and the doctor said it could be heart failure, but they would have to run some tests. The other problem was that his kidney values were extremely high, higher than they had been at his last appointment with his oncologist just a week earlier. This would be at odds with the heart failure. If they were to treat the kidneys with fluids, that would worsen the heart issues. I wanted more answers though, so they ran more tests. The lab tests came back. It was not heart failure. I took that as good news. That meant they could treat the kidneys. The doctor cautiously agreed, but warned that Muppet's breathing difficulties were due to inflamed lungs which is something that is extremely difficult to recover from. I asked them to proceed with treating his kidneys. They also put him in an oxygen chamber to help him breathe. With it now being later in the evening, and several ferrets at home needing their medications, the staff let me say goodnight to Muppet, and sent me home with instructions to keep my phone nearby. They would call if there was any change, one way or another, and impressed upon me that I could call whenever, and as often as I'd like to get updates on Muppet. I went home and tended to the ferrets, giving them medications and some playtime. At the end of the evening, as it was about my bedtime, I called the hospital to get an update on Muppet. I took it as a good sign that I hadn't heard from them yet. Indeed, they told me that Muppet was stable, and was being given fluids, and that the doctor would be doing rounds again in a couple of hours. I normally fall asleep fairly quickly, but with my mind focused on Muppet, it took me more than an hour to fall asleep, but I finally did. At about 2.15 a.m., though, I was awoken by my phone ringing. Realizing the time, I knew this couldn't be good news. My heart pounding, I answered the call. It was the doctor. She said almost the exact same words that another doctor at the same hospital said to me in 2014 with R.C. You should come down here now. We're losing him. There's nothing more we can do. Before I left Muppet earlier in evening, I told the staff that Muppet had a brother and sister back home and asked that if things didn't go well, if I could bring them to see him. They said, of course. So when I got that call from the doctor... I woke up Harry and Tessa and put them in the car and made my way back to the hospital. When I arrived, they had Muppet out on a table with an oxygen mask on. The doctor explained further what they had done and what they were seeing. Seeing Muppet on that table, barely breathing, I knew this was the end. I let Harry and Tessa see him and I leaned over Muppet and whispered in his ear, There's only one Muppet man, and I've got him right here. But now I need to send him on to his next adventure. I love you, Muppet. I asked the doctor if we took him off oxygen, if he would pass peacefully, and she said no. I knew what that meant. She had already drawn up the syringes, With the last bit of strength that I had, I gave her the okay to proceed. Within about twenty seconds, Muppet was out of pain. They took me to a small comfortable room with a couch and brought Muppet in so that Harry, Tessa, and I could say our final goodbyes. They offered to let me spend even more time with him, but as I told them, I knew this was no longer Muppet. Muppet was free from his pain, from his failing body. I signed the final paperwork and took Harry and Tessa home. The days since have not been the same. I can tell Harry misses his brother. He spent twelve of the first thirteen years of his life with Muppet at his side. When I take Harry and Tessa for a walk, I dread the moment that a neighbor might stop and ask me where the third puppy is. As we walk the familiar route, I note how this spot, or that spot, was one of Muppet's favorite places to investigate. As Harry pulls ahead to get to the next spot, my instinct is to ask him to wait so Muppet can finish his investigation. But there is no Muppet there, and Tessa is now often ready to move forward as well. I keep expecting that when we get home, Muppet will be there, curled up in his favorite bed, wondering where I was. Or maybe, just maybe, he'd run to the door, his tail wagging feverishly, excited to see me. I have a couple of large digital photo frames that cycle through hundreds, if not thousands, of my favorite pet photos from the last 20-plus years. Just the other evening, One of the frames froze on a picture of Muppet from last year, relaxing in one of his beds. It's been stuck on that picture ever since. You'll understand if I've taken no steps to restart the frame and have it move on from that picture. Muppet Aloysius Barnett You are my heart and my family, and there will never be another like you. There's only one Muppet man. And now you're with your big brother Murphy, and all of your feline and ferret brothers and sisters who went before you. I look forward to the day that we're all together again. If you'd like to share a story about a special pet, visit us at TalkinTalesPodcast.com or on Facebook at Facebook.com slash TalkinTales. Stories are pre-recorded, so you don't have to worry about being live on the air. And if you'd prefer to write your story, I'm happy to read it for you. Again, please get in touch via TalkAndTalesPodcast.com or on Facebook at Facebook.com slash That's T-A-L-K-I-N-T-A-I-L-S. If you run a rescue or shelter, or know someone who does, please have them get in touch so we can feature them on an upcoming episode. If you'd like to support the show, you can find us on Patreon. At patreon.com slash and tales no matter what podcast app you choose please take a moment to write and review the show and share it with a friend it helps us find new listeners which means we can bring you more stories